What is up, guys? Welcome to the Songwriters Lounge podcast. We're finally doing a podcast. This is something that Andy and I have been speaking about for a while. My name's Tom. I'm originally from London, and I now live in the USA. Songwriter, producer, musician, been playing music for a very, very long time. And I'm joined by my buddy, Andy. Yeah, it's class. We've been talking about doing a podcast for a wee while, and we're finally doing it. So we're here, and I'm just looking forward to the ability to share some music with people, discussions, have a bit of banter in the process and yeah, see what we come up with. So it should, should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. And I don't know if you guys know this, especially like our, our listeners from the States, but Scotland and England have got this rivalry going on that has been for hundreds and hundreds of years because the English <laughs> were such bastards. And now, now we're all right, I guess, but I'm sure... We're, we're all is forgiven now, Tom. All is forgiven. Exactly. What, what um, you guys didn't see is before we hit record, Andy was giving me so much <laughs> mouth. So much so abuse. So uh, much abuse. You know, we deserve but, uh, it. We deserve it. Well, so, we've done our fair share as well to you, I'm sure. You know, we've, uh, <laughs> we we gave you a hard time at times where we we almost we almost kind of took over the... I think we did have a Scottish king at once, so we not or something. Anyway, history is history, <laughs> and it's all in the past, and we can have a good laugh about it now. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> and now we're brought together through music. and Exactly. You know, it's beautiful, beautiful the way it's came together now, eh? It's awesome, right? As I said earlier, guys, I'm originally from London. I've been playing in bands since I was 14, 15. was lucky enough to tour in those bands, made some great friends all over Europe, had the best time, and then I moved to Australia. Me, me and a couple of friends there played some acoustic shows in Australia, just writing songs as we went. Had a lot of fun with it, and now I live in America, and I'm doing the same here. So literally taking my music all over the world, and I know Andy has a very similar background, but maybe not gone as far, eh, Andy? Didn't quite go to Australia. I think the furthest I've been um, is Malawi, Africa. But I certainly, I did actually do a bit of music when I was out there. I sang Caledonia, which is like a famous Scottish song. Oh, I know Caledonia, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can see that one. It's one of my favourite songs. I've actually got a, a line of it tattooed on my arm. And this is just weir- weirdly going off topic. But um, I did sing it to like an African tribe. When I was in Malawi, and I don't think they understood a word I was saying. Oh, I'm sure. But I like... think they appreciated it. I mean, why not? But um, yeah, I've been I've been doing music for a long time too, probably since I was like 14, 15. And I really kind of used it back then as a way to pour out all my feelings, primarily about all the girls that had uh, broken my heart, to be honest, Tom. You know, I yeah. was... Happens, I was a man. delicate, delicate child. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, a delicate thistle. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, basically, um, I basically picked up a guitar, self-taught myself all the chords just to get going, and basically it's led me through, like yourself, various bands in and around Scotland. Didn't quite do the touring thing. We weren't that good, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, now basically I've kind of focused in on my absolute passion, which is songwriting. And music production was a tool that I really kind of started to experiment maybe a couple of years ago. And that's given me a vehicle to be able to really explore my songwriting in a much more versatile kind of fashion because there's so many tools out there now that we can use. Uh, I mean, I can't play drums, but I can I can hear the way I want drums to sound in a track. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And I've 
I've put a couple of songs out there. I've had some some good streams so far, and I've met some cracking artists along the way as well, which I've been lucky enough to have feature on my tracks and stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll talk about all of that in due course. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we'll get into that, and you'll hear some of Andy's totally. new material. It's a, we're very different songwriters in a way. So Andy's awesome at the kind of electronic, electro pop, very synth minded, but it's something that I lack. So I come from the other side of the coin. Andy was saying he can't play drums, but he can think about it and put it in his session. I'm the opposite. I have a really hard time getting what I've got in my head into a session without playing. So that's a constant yeah. frustration of mine. And I know it's a songwriting podcast, but we will be sprinkling some production in there just because we both produce our own music and we've been around that for so long. So you'll, you'll hear some, some unfinished tracks of ours and, and we'll, we'll just go go from there, really. Um, go with the flow, Tom. <laughs> exactly. We're making this this up as we go along and we, we just sure wanted to are. do it. Why not? Especially in the, in, the, in the time of life we are right now with the pandemic yeah, and everything. Totally. You kind of need yeah. that. It's just crazy. So, uh, so with that being said, let's jump straight into talking about some songwriting, as we both love to do. And let's do that. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about a topic this week that I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles with all the time. So how do you write your top line, Andy? So a top line for me is something that, uh, honestly, it's, it's just a case for me. I sit down, usually I write my stuff. I, I did start on a guitar, um, like I said, when I was kind of 15, 16, and did a lot on acoustic. Really now with the kind of songs that I write, I usually start on a piano. Um, and it can be anything from I will just be playing some chords and I'll start with like a hum. So I'll start just humming like this kind of vocal melody, which I'll have. And then I think from somewhere, I just kind of develop that hum into a kind of lyrical mess. So it can even be something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, you know, I, I start it off and maybe after about five minutes, I found like a line and that's usually what I base then the whole kind of hook off of. So if that line is something, you know, about a particular theme, like I wrote a, a hook based on you hypnotise me. So when I when I wrote that on the piano, I thought, well, what does that mean? What does you hypnotise me mean? And then I developed it from there to be this whole story about how, you know, this girl completely kind of manipulates this guy and his realisation of I've been hypnotised in this relationship, I've not even been myself, that kind of thing. So you start off from really having, you know, I had three words there, um, and then I've developed it into this whole kind of theme and crazy kind of lyrical kind of story concept. And that's really then how I develop it kind of over my, my melodies uh, lyrically. So it can happen for me in five minutes where I've sat down at a piano sometimes and like literally just got one out within five to ten minutes or I can drag it over days. But as a general rule, if it takes me like too long and it's over like a week I've sat on it, I'll bin it. Because I'm the kind of guy that if, I, if I'm in the moment, it will work. See if I drag it on too long, I just lose the inspiration that got me there in the first place. And I find it really difficult as time goes on to get back there. So I don't know what you, what you, yeah. <laughs> how you can I get on, but I mean, for me, an important thing to start with, is especially for listeners out there that might be just getting into songwriting or having a hard time, 
I'm the kind of person I have to be in the right mood. I have to be in the creative mood and definitely the creative mindset. Or like Andy said, it just won't work for me. It just I, I've tried forcing so many songs in my life and it, it just doesn't work. Straight up, full stop. I have to be in the right mindset. That being said, I've worked with and written with musicians that can just turn it on and off like that. And I'm always jealous whenever I work with someone like that. It, it blows my mind and the the talent is unbelievable. But uh, similar to Andy, not piano for me, it's guitar. So I pick up a guitar and start just playing around with some things. I'm jamming. I, yeah, I, I, I rarely do chord progressions. I'll usually start with some kind of finger picking and then find the melody within that and then base that on <laughs> whatever I'm feeling at the time. And like you said, it's usually just hums and... Yeah. Oh, yeah, just yeah. crazy noises and then I work that into lyrics that being said one of my very very good friends from back home Jack a, a good writing partner of mine the kind of person that can sit down and just write a whole song and a story in five minutes and I miss working with people like that and yeah you know Jack if you're listening I, I miss that bud keep, keep, keep that talent going um, he wants you back man <laughs> I do I miss Jack <laughs> Um, but I miss you, Jack. I'm, I'm, yeah, never let go. Jack. Don't let go, Jack. Don't <laughs> let go. <laughs> oh, Jack! If you could see my voice memos on my phone, it mm. is just stacked full of different ideas, which I often totally. forget to name. And it's yeah. something that drives me crazy. But yeah. again, when I'm in that moment and I want to capture something, I'll pick up my phone, do it, click save, and then continue working on it, so I don't forget it. Yeah. Which is annoying because then I look through my voice memos and it's full of voice memo 33559. Yeah. I'm like, right, let's, let's rename that then. It is frustrating, but a lot. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. See, I don't know if you like have it at the most random times, but it happens for me at the most un, unachievable <laughs> voice note times and what I mean by that is I'll be in the shower and I'm like I cannot take this voice note right now and I'm like I'm gonna have to literally stop the shower dry my hand and just hold it at, like just for a period of whatever that hook is and then I'll put it back and then return to my shower it's crazy but I'm like you if I don't name it like oh this is uh, like I had one the other day where I was on holiday um up north in Scotland and I was I was walking down this kind of big beautiful path and I kind of just thought of like loads of Celtic kind of tunes and I hummed one in there in there and then I, I think I named it like crazy Scottish Celtic um vocal melody or something that, that's like how you're that. saved in my phone <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would be totally accurate to be honest <laughs> but yeah voice notes are the key for sure exactly and as you said it's it really is a first world problem, like the fact that we're in the shower and that <laughs> idea comes to you and I'm like, oh, I better just dry my hand before I touch my my phone. But it's, yeah. it's, it's the truth. It happens all the time and I'll be out for walks and stuff and there'll be people around and yeah. it, it happens. Yeah. And I just kind of try and do it as quietly as I can. Yes. Have you ever done that one where you're like walking down the street and you have to kind of like, like record your phone just underneath your jacket so that you don't look like a complete creep that's like oh, yeah. singing to themselves gibberish as you walk down the street you know what i mean 100 100 oh my god um but yeah i mean 
that's a little bit how I write. And that's just on my own. If I'm writing with people, the process is very different. And that's what yeah. I like bouncing off people like that. And I like, I know what I can bring to the table and I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with the, the more acoustic instrumentation and vocal melody mm-hmm. and harmony. I would never sit down with you and say, I, I could make sounds with my mouth that I want a synth to make, but I could <laughs> never be like, oh, let me just record this thing quick. There we go. And we'll get to that in a minute as we discuss a couple of songs that we're working on because there's one particular sure, sure. part I want to ask you about. But yeah, top line is is one of those things. And if you're not familiar with the term top line, it's, you know, hook, something that just gets the listener to to really get dragged into it and it's really important in the song i mean as we just discussed the the inspiration can come from anywhere and it really yeah. can and totally a totally. lot of the time in shower <laughs> just, just, just oh, how it oh, goes well, you're having a poo <laughs> <laughs> scottish bastard I'm, I'm not gonna admit to that that is not happened in my life yet so i want to keep it that way yeah I, I i will admit that i've been at a family gathering and excuse myself to go to the bathroom just so I can write a lyric idea that someone may yeah, have said yeah, in a conversation yeah. without looking rude and getting my phone out and being like, that would be a fantastic lyric idea because that not only looks weird to people that don't write music, it's also rude. <laughs> it's like, oh, hold on, let me get my phone out. Yeah, I get I get in trouble a lot with uh, the fiancé because we'll be sitting there and she'll be telling me something very important I've, you know, I've been told. Um, but I am, I am away on another planet. You know, I am, I am creating Mozart's next melody in my head, and she has to pull me out of that world and go, kind of, whoa, whoa, look at me here. You know, I am talking to you right now, and I have to go. Yeah, no, no, I, I think, I think that's a good idea, um, and I've not listened to a single word <laughs> she's just said, and I have to pull it off with extreme confidence. Oh, I exactly what I'm talking about. It happens oh. all the time, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm married and my wife said earlier on, I'm just going to go out to the balcony and work um, <laughs> because obviously we're five hours behind Scotland. So we're still working when, when people at home are relaxing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm writing a song and I go out and just ask her if she wants a glass of water or anything. She then tells me about a puppy that's outside zone out and then i lock her on the balcony and the funny thing is just before we started recording this podcast all i heard was like someone knocking on the glass and i said to andy hold on a sec mate i I think someone's at the door (laughs) and there's my wife standing there on our balcony like let me in raging yeah it happens (laughs) you forgot about me oh amazing that is so good i love that absolutely love that Right, so we're going to dive straight into our next section, guys. This is a, a track feedback kind of section that we, we would we'd really love to bring this idea to fruition. And in the future, it will look like, you know, songwriters and listeners, if you want to submit tracks for us just to listen to and offer some feedback, maybe some, some production or songwriting tips, or just, just generally tell you how we feel about the track, all positive, no egos here. This will be that section, but since it's our first episode, we'll do a couple of tracks that we're working on. And I know Andy's got this new banging track called Without You that he's been working on, and I think he's releasing it soon. He can tell you about it. Here's Without You. Looking back, I feel like I can be the one that holds my own head. Looking back, I feel like it was all for you. Cause 
Hey. Yes. So, so yes. Talk about it, Andy. How did this song come into play? Also, before you talk, I love the whole concept of the track and I, lo- I love that where it's going. So I can't wait to hear the final thing, man. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, so this one is called Without You and it features a talented lassie from Wales, actually, called Bethan Horton. It's a very poppy, kind of hooky, electropop song. And really, I wrote this quite a while ago and I had my fiance Mary dialing the, the vocal hook um, just in my home studio right here. I was just like, I've wrote this song for a female vocal, Mary. Can you come in? She does a bit of singing as well with me. So she put it in and, and I was kind of listened to it and I'd, I put it on the back burner for a while. It was a completed kind of uh, demo, but I didn't really kind of do much with it because I had other work going on then. And then really, um, Mary was kind of showing me uh, this YouTuber that she'd been watching and it was something I think she's been watching for a while, you know, and uh, she started putting up her own kind of songs where she was playing guitar and stuff like that. And she had a great voice and I said, wow, she's 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 got a talented voice. And she's like, yeah, this is a, a girl I've been watching for a while. Why, why don't I just pop her a message for you and you can see if, if she'd be up for working with you? And I was like, yeah, go for it. Because in the back of my mind, I had this song, I was like, that's the kind of vocal I need for this song. It's very poppy, very kind of needing that commercial female vocal sound. And yeah, she, she got back to Mary and uh, then put us in touch. And we just started Instagramming and stuff. And yeah, she's, she's great. She she liked the song and she actually wrote the verses, the lyrics, because uh, I wanted, I left the, the verses deliberately open so that anyone that would come in on it had that wee stamp that they could put on it themselves. I feel like that's important now that as I'm kind of learning more about how the featured vocalists want to kind of, they, they want to have a part of my song that belongs to them. So I've done that with this track and it was hilarious. So she tracked and locked down her vocals, I guess on her interface and her kind of relatively kind of affordable mic. Uh, but she was having quite a struggle setting it up. <laughs> so I went on like a video chat on Instagram where I was coaching her through like, no, you need to, you need to try do this. You need to try do that. Because she was just like, I, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but if you help me get the microphone to record my voice... I will sing this song for you and I was determined to get her on it. So that was a very, very funny video chat. But yeah, I'm glad you like it, man. It's um, it's like quite a, a kind of head bopper for me. I think the most proudest part for me of the track is the vocal chops, um, which was just at the end of that section there you listen to. It's, for me, it's just like a kind of really cool, like uh, flowy, bouncy, poppy, happy vibe that you get from that. So, yeah. yeah I man. don't know yet when this will next be out, but I'm going to say it will probably be targeting late September time. So, yeah, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I was going to ask you about, that kind of vocal glitch comp that you put together. Uh, yes, how, how did yeah. you do that? Because, it's, again, like I think some people do it differently. You know, some people would yeah. wire it in, play it out on a MIDI keyboard or something. Is that what you did? Yeah. No, so um, I have done that before, but what I find, um, like I've seen like Kygo and stuff like that put in his, I think that's how he did one of the vocal chops in that, what, is it Whitney Houston song that he did? Anyway, the way I did it was I actually had the, the vocal chops and I manually put them into time and into pitch, all kind of split up on my kind of, on my track in my door. So it was a very kind of labour intensive way of yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's a, that's a long... 
Yeah, a yeah, long but, task. For, but for me, it's, it's it gave me that much more control. Uh, and I think, again, like I'm probably in the same way as you. Like I don't completely trust myself to be able to do it with a sampler MIDI keyboard yet because I just once it's like locked in as a sample on like say note D, it's kind of locked in there. And for me, it takes a bit of time to then pitch shift and, you know, change it and kind of edit it. So even though it's a bit more labor intensive, I think still overall for me, it's it's a quicker way of doing it. Did you use like Logic's Flex Pitch or something? Yep. So um, pitch shifter, flex pitch, and then f- for the timing, really, literally, I just would splice up the individual cuts and just manually dra- drag them around, you know, and, and seeing what kind of fitted the beat and what fitted the... The, the melody was really kind of driven by s- some of the vocal chops already had those tones and then some were shifted around and manipulated in a certain way. But I think what I got in the end, like you have that kind of, oh, that's it. Like I think I dragged like the first couple in place and I was like, yes, I know where I'm going with this now. So yeah, it worked yeah, out quite well. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, the, the vocal, Bethan's vocal is awesome on it. Yeah. Did, did she also record the harmony or did you pitch that in after? She did. She did. No, she did the harmony as well. Like basically, what we did at the start was we just we just did like a rough. She sent me like a rough vocal and said, "Look, is this what you're looking for?" I got back to her and said, "Absolutely, yes." <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was I was absolutely buzzing. Yeah, I was like nailed it. But basically, then I said, "Look, but what I usually work with is I work with free takes, free best takes of every part of your vocal." So. Um, I said, look, you're going to send me like your best take and then do it again twice. And what that means is it has it has the ability for me to have options. What I also do is usually I'll, I'll kind of take the best option and I'll put it in the middle and then I'll just have like ever so subtly the, the other two. Even if I haven't used them, I will still use them as a kind of stereo effect in the hard pan left and right just to give that kind of wideness in the vocal. Did that you, for yeah, me as well, but yeah. You can definitely hear that as well in the glitches, the... Yeah. kind of just the scale of the the length i really uh, admire that man and just before we move on to the next track tell me a little bit about the vocal chain oh vocal chain so i mean it's usually very simple for me Um, start off with an eq absolutely every time roll off the kind of bottom for her vocal because she's got quite a high kind of timbre and, and natural kind of tone in her voice Um, i think i took her up to as, as high as 200 hertz and rolled that off then really I'm doing DSing because of the mics she used. I did find it quite tough when I was boosting some of that high end air with the kind of more affordable mics that you have. I can't, I can't even remember what kind of microphone she said she had, but it, it really spiked through a lot of kind of really plosive frequencies on the sibilances at like eight and nine kilohertz. So I had to kind of do some surgical EQ after the DSing there. And then really just some saturation with a, I think just a, you know, a, a free plugin. I think my usual go-to is is Temper, but I'm known to put uh, Waves Vitamin on as well quite a lot, um, just to add that kind of extra extra body, and then reverb. So I, I think I use just a simple plate reverb. That's usually a go-to for me on vocals, and didn't didn't overdo it. So I wanted her to sit quite far forward and you know have yeah. a big commercial in your face sound. So yeah, have you got compression on it or not? Yep, absolutely. I'll, I'll basically, what I find I do is I do do a couple of manual level adjustments if there's certain words that aren't coming out in her phrasing. 
Um, I'll draw them out kind of deliberately by splicing and kind of bring that out. But overall, what I'll do is I'll do series compression. Just prevents one compressor working a wee bit too hard and allows me to have a kind of overall, like still good dynamics, but not that any words are getting lost in there and that kind of thing. So, and also when you use a compressor, obviously, depending on the one you use, it adds again a bit of saturation. Um, and I think for her vocal from memory, I used the CLA-2A by Waves. And again, that's a very standard, good, so reliable good so vocal good. compressor. Yeah, totally, totally. So awesome. That was Andy's track coming out shortly, I hope, called Without You, Feet, Beth and Horton, a lovely Welsh singer. And now we move on to another track that Andy's working on called Hypnotize Me, Feet, Ryan Soames. As a drummer as well, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yes, proper, just like absolutely going for it. I mean, this is this is something I was hoping that you'd enjoy because this really goes back to like my emo, pop punk, hardcore days. You know, when I was like yeah, sixteen, man. massive fringe, mosh pitting, and just being a general kind of teenager. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, and this is the quickest song I think I've heard of yours yeah. as well. That BPM yes. must be right up there in the like 160 range maybe. I think it is, man. I think it is. Yeah. I, it's it's definitely up there and it's definitely a pacey one that I've done. Um and it all came about really from inspiration from the singer. So, I uh, I was just doing my usual looking at different artists on Instagram and I came across this post by I think it was like a, a kind of blog or something and it was um you know said emo meets electronic or something like that and instantly I was like oh like oh I like emo and I really like today like electronic music so I was like what an interesting combination so I basically checked out this guy's song and then I, I messaged him and I was like man that is class I love that vibe like it's like Owl City meet Secondhand Serenade. Now, many, many people might not know who Secondhand Serenade is, but he was like a really like solo kind of emo artist that would pour his heart out into these songs but have this kind of massive held belt vocal on his tracks. And I just really liked the combination of, of those elements. So I basically off the back of that then went to my keys and started playing around with this kind of hook. And again, you hypnotised me, kind of came through. And I was like, I need to make this big and have it as a kind of big... I want the drop section like it would be in a typical electronic track to be more about the kind of the absolute bashing drums, but with the kind of panned synths just going... <laughs> kind of pulsing through you. So, yeah, I kind of started to create with those ideas whilst speaking with Ryan... And then he came on the track and, and again did like lockdown kind of vocals based in his own home. I've finished that recently and that one is actually my next track that's coming out. So that will be out in 
couple of weeks' time, I would say. So I think it's nice. August the 28th that I'm bringing it out. So very excited to see what people think of that. I'm sure I'll get some people that will be like, mm, not quite for me. But I mean, it's it's just, again, something that I've tried to, an avenue that I've not been down before yet with my writing um, that I wanted to kind of fuse together and, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the beauty of music as well. As you're always going to find people that aren't particularly keen on the work you do, but... Always. Always. It's just the, the nature of the beast. The thing I that st- stands out to me in this track, and it's something that can be very poorly executed, but not in this case, I think he's done a great job. Um, I like to call it double processed in my head. That doesn't that phrase doesn't exist. So what, mm. what I mean by that is in the vocal, you have sections of the vocal that sounds pretty raw with maybe just a bit of reverb on it, some very slight uh, processing. Then it goes out into that big chorus where the, the whole electro vibe comes with that kind of rock backbeat I love. And for me, that double processed term means it kind of goes from like super processed to then very raw. And I think it allows the listener to enjoy a very, very broad spectrum. And it's something that I really enjoy and it's something that I can't do myself, never have been able to. I've tried. I either have to go like with the real process sound or the more kind of nothing sound. Uh, I think you've done a great job, man. I like that. I like that. I think when I think back to um, kind of the the processing I used on Ryan's vocal, I think the reason why, like certainly in the verses, I make it quite auto-tuned and quite electronic itself. I mean, he's got a nice tone and I just added that kind of extra electronic um, kind of singe, if you like, via the kind of plugins etc but yeah like I, I think I did that subconsciously because again I was using Owl City as a kind of channel and he's quite auto-tuned in his kind of vocal nature isn't he yeah you can hear um, it as well and I'm not that's yeah. nothing against uh, Ryan no. as a singer he's a fantastic singer I just love how you've taken the track and that's the beauty of the the music producer and you as the songwriter to be to add that kind of different element to it and again yeah. it's nothing on the vocal performance because you have to have a good vocal performance to be able to achieve what you've achieved. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, just a, I totally. think you've uh, done a really nice job of giving that track that extra bit of that extra bit of spice, if you will. And it, as you said, you can really hear the Our City kind of yeah. uh, inspiration. <laughs> and I love Our City, so yeah, I love, uh, I love him. Man. And again, with the synth, this is the one that I really wanted to talk about in regards to the synths. What made you decide? I guess. You, you said that you write on a piano. Mm-hmm. What then happens in your mind to be like, oh, I, 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 do you hear it or do you have to play around with the synths to then reach that point or is it in your head? It's a mixture. Uh, so I think like initially, I, I think with all the music I write, it starts in my head before I get it in the door. Now, it's never usually what is in my head that ends up in the door. This is <laughs> always a bit of a process along that journey that either your opinion changes or something changes. I think with the synths on this one, what, what I had was it had that, I mean, again, Owl City vibes. In some of his tracks, the, the kind of synths are so fuzzy and bright, but so, like, rich and, like, powerful. And I was like, right, I want something like that and I want it to be rhythmical. I want it to bounce off the rhythm of the drums. But I think, like, initially I had it as, like, quite plucky and, and whatnot. And then I just naturally, through playing around with the synths, 
just kind of ended up on this really fuzzy, wide panned, but still stabby like sound. And I think you just know, like you play around with things and you know, you filter things and you'll be like, oh, I didn't didn't actually expect that to happen. I mean, sometimes it will be as simple as fling on a preset and that's me. Um, other times it'll be build it from the ground up. I'm usually an in-between, so I usually like to start with a preset and kind of mould it from there into what is in my head. And that's why I'm what I mean when I say I go from somewhere in between from my head and the door because you've got your preset, you've got your kind of mindset and you kind of try and... You're never, I never really fully get to where I want to be, but usually I kind of stop in my tracks, I say five, ten minutes within, because I could go down a really long winding road on sound design if I'm not careful and spend hours and never get a track finished because you're always like, oh, I wonder if there's a better sound. I think at some point I just draw the line and go, sounds good. Let's, let's kind of call it a Dane. <laughs> Take it from there, really. Yeah, man. And it works. And I think that Cheers. overall chorus, that the synth adds to the warmness of the vocal in a, just a really nice way. And then you've got the hard-hitting drums behind it. I, I just, I enjoy it, man. And there's do you want to do a drum cover to, for me? <laughs> I would, mate. I, that's the kind of thing that I'd love to do. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. But yeah, man, I, I really enjoy that. And I'm sure that we'll have a few guests on here. I live in a town in the, the US. I live in Indianapolis. And there's some just fantastic electronic musicians that are probably listening to this right now being like, come on, man, I told you how a synth works. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm <laughs> I so told sorry. You, man. There's a couple, there's a guy, a, a local guy, one of my friends called Grant, who is just fantastic producer, musician, the kind of guy that will he'll write something on his phone and it's better than mm. anything I could produce working a whole week in Style Studio One, electronic-wise. And then another guy I know called Dan Giffen, he's in a local band called Philia, but he's Ableton certified trainer. And he's That's just cool. got a wonderful songwriting ability with that kind of electronic music vibe. So I'm sure we'll get those guys on the, the, the podcast yeah, soon. Yeah, I really want to hear more from like Ableton kind of guys because I'm, I'm a Logic-only guy at the moment. I have, I have tried Ableton, but... Um, it's just not worked for me in my workflow yet, but I'd love us to get someone on the show that can really take us through that process because I feel like it's much more built for like live, don't you? It's like really kind of, it's it's like I've seen people just run a full session live on Ableton and build it from the ground up and you're like, that was all done live, what? <laughs> well, I, I thought the same thing and then, Dan, the guy I just mentioned, invited me around to his studio and just walked me through Ableton. And within, you know, 10 minutes, he had the makings of a really good song. And I was just one of those moments where you just think, like, respect. wow, like huge respect, amazingly awesome. talented guy. But he's, I'm glad the, the hard work's playing off. So I'm excited to get Dan on here. Uh, I know he'd appreciate your kind of writing style. So I, cool. I'm, I'm excited to, to see how your minds collide smashing um, looking forward to it man but yeah man cool. so this is a we'll move on to now to one of the songs that i'm writing uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about the song after this at the moment it's got no vocals on it i just finished this song last night vocal wise so i'll be re-recording it and this is a when i record and write music i use two different daw sessions and i use one session for writing that i can very much play around with and just get as messy as i want and then i completely revisit it in a whole new session and really crisp up those takes. Big believer in 
getting the take right instead of chopping it all up and getting timing right. So I'll really spend that time getting the takes right. And this is just the idea of the song. It's very chilled, but I'll explain a little bit more. This song is called St Kilda. Yeah, and you Love can it. hear there, man, like the different Love kind it. of drum samples I've been using just to try and get the, as I said, like the session is a complete mess, but it's full <laughs> of all these different samples and just awesome. trying out different things. But I'm pretty happy Class. with where I've got it now and I'll be looking forward to recording that in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, man. I, I love it. Even though you say it's a mess, it sounds pretty clean to me uh, for a demo. So I, for something that's still in the writing stage, that is quite a nice kind of sonic balance you've got there i really quite like that but the main takeaway i've just wrote down is i love the beat on the track it gives me chilled afternoon nap vibes as well <laughs> yeah down, me too <laughs> which which is kind of like not a bad thing at all like i love putting on my headphones and just like dozing off to something so chilled and like just really kind of yeah just easy going and, and that's what definitely i got from this vibe but i've also kind of noted that I really liked the the growth in the rhythm. So you started off with this kind of quite quiet kick and then you kind of grew, grew the transition to have more of a, a punch. Um, and that's when my head starts bopping and I'm like, yeah, just like, it's like I'm walking down like a, a meadow or something just with a smile on my face. Oh, you know? cheers, man. I appreciate um, it. Um, no, I mean, yeah, the song, the song is about, so St Kilda is... A suburb of Melbourne, Australia, where my friends and I live for almost a year. It, it's it's famous for St Kilda Beach. There's a cool beach there, so the song very much emulates that kind of walking along the beach promenade. As a yeah, lyric in the it. song, walking down the promenade with my good friends up to no good again, because <laughs> uh, you know we were young, we were messing around. <laughs> um, Couple <laughs> cheeky tequilas cheeky um, tequilas but yeah it's, uh, it, it really grew on that and the thing I liked about it is I've wanted to write a song like this for a long time but couldn't express it how I wanted and then the actual guitar line is a rewrite of a guitar line we used in our kind of acoustic group if you will when we lived in Australia and you know we play local places we play to our friends usually get a few drinks bought for us that kind of stuff but we did a cover of a Zach Brown band song, but rewrote it completely. And we used this guitar line for the rewrite of this Zach Brown band song. And I always liked it. It sounds nothing like the original Zach Brown band song. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll use it for a track, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah. I was like, what better way of doing it than kind of highlighting where we used it and where we were at that time? Because, you know, we didn't have any money. We, we lived in a, a one bedroom house for english lads in bunk beds in one room for nine months <laughs> and that i wouldn't like change it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it didn't smell too good let me tell you that 
I mean, I, I started just recording the guitar in, in a session and I was like, okay, on its own, it gets quite boring. So then I just, and it, this never usually happens because I'm not a lead guitarist by any means, but there's a lead guitar line behind the intro that's all slide based. It's da -da 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 -da. Mm. It just follows the kind of melody. And I, the first thing I did was plug my guitar in, find a preset of just a kind of clean electric guitar threw some reverb and delay on it and then just click play and this thing came out and I was like actually I quite like that and you know I, I I'm sure you've been here before but for some reason if if something sounds right the first time I always think I could do better than that so mm. I kept trying to do better than that and wrote multiple different lead guitar lines and I was like it's not as nice sounding as that first one and it's very subtle if you go back and listen to it, it's the very beginning of the sample that we just played. I, I just finished this song last night and I originally wrote it in E flat, which is half a step down for you guitar players. But last night I just wasn't feeling it and I moved it into the key of D, which is not a key I've really typically worked in, but it really worked. So cool. I, I need That's to find a vocalist that can sing it how I want because I'm not a vocalist, but I'll, I'll, I'll find that person and I'll, I'll, I'll get them to record it how I want it. And yeah, I'm excited. I don't know when it'll be out. Hopefully in the next couple of months, if I can find a vocalist. Maybe we could um, put it out for like a, an X Factor songwriters lounge. <laughs> where the, <laughs> yes. people, have to, people have to basically be like, you should pick me to be on your song, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that if, uh, if people be were class. interested. <laughs> no, it's cool. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. No, Cheers, so I, I, I do like it. Um, there's definitely, I can hear like that you've spent time in the recording process because what's clearly went into the box has been good quality because that's what I mean when there's, there's that initial clean sound. Sometimes like, I, I guess it's quite easy for us to all skip and just be like, ah, oh, we, we took the guitar when he was sat there in that corner of the room and you know what, it's a bit boxy, but it's done now. I'll just EQ it out, but obviously... You spent time there getting the right sound, the right kind of vibe. And, you know, if you spend time in the recording stage, you hear it time and time again, it does pay off in the long run. Um, I probably need to listen to that advice more often, if I'm honest. <laughs> but you've clearly you've clearly spent time here, man. So, yeah, it's yeah I definitely, appreciate that, man. It's something that, good. you know, will, will actually is one of the main things that I talk about in our next section. So... It's a really nice segue actually into our next section and just to finish off this episode we'll talk about some production in a, in a segment that we're going to call production moment so the question this week is what do you mostly use broad or fine eq strokes hmm do you want me to start yeah mate you start i'll go for it right so what do i mostly use i use more fine kind of eq cuts than broad i think why that is for me i tend to pinpoint the frequencies i don't like and try and treat them individually at the moment what i'm finding with my broad eq strokes is it changes too much of the overall sound and purposely within my sound design i'll try a bit like what we've just talked about with you've clearly spent time getting your you know your sound going right in at your recording process I am starting to be more mindful of that now. And what I'm finding is if I'm if I'm spending too much time on like a 
a, a track to to change the way it sounds overall away from its natural state. Um, for me, that's going against kind of what I'm I'm trying to do, and I've I've done so many mixes where I've made like the piano stop sounding like a piano, and then I listen to it and I'm like, that sounds like just wrong. It just doesn't sound right. So I think that's just where I've naturally progressed to recently is you get the piano sound or you get the guitar sound or whatever that instrument may be and listen to it like sonically to understand why is there that much low end? Is that a fundamental part of the body that it needs? And if you cut that away in a big broad stroke, are you going to really lack the, the thing that made it that to begin with that's what's kind of coming across to me so yeah for me it's like the pro q3 plugin is my go-to um very very popular um amongst producers no you can't beat it man it's just it's it's not like cheap but it's it's not ridiculous for the quality of a plugin that you get um and i'll just high q solo boost the frequencies scan through find what i don't like and just chop away but if i start to chop far too much again i'm taking away more of that fundamental sound little is more i think with that kind of thing yeah man i'm exactly the same as that um, fab filter pro q3 that and the waves f6 are the mm, only issues that i use in terms of that kind of range but yep. for those of you that may not be producers or maybe starting out and just learning you you would 100 percent heard of eq before equalization if you're a guitarist and you've never it's on every guitar amp lowers mids trebles all that kind of stuff and what it does is just it's a tool for a producer to target specific problem frequencies on the audio spectrum and what i mean by the audio spectrum is the bass is the low end whereas the cymbals might be the extreme high end and everything in between is the track so for example a bass guitar is going to be that low end of the spectrum. So what you can do with an EQ is you can come and kind of roll off the high end to leave room for those melodic instruments and the melody sections, or you could even boost the high end a little bit just to add that kind of warmth to the bass. There's all kinds of things you can do with it, but EQ is a tool that you can go in and really mold your sound. But like Andy was saying, you can do way too much, and it's very, very easy to do way too much especially if you're a perfectionist and you can't get rid of this certain frequency. That happens to me all the time in, with my guitar because I, I don't have the most expensive guitar. So right around kind of the 5K mark, there's just this annoying buzzing and I have to really cut it in there to get rid of it. Yeah, as we were talking about before, when I record, I really try and take the time to position the guitar and the mic correctly to get the best take I can, make sure I'm... I always try and record with a click, especially for the production afterwards. It's just, I just find it easier. A lot of people might not record with a click, but I just, I do. It also makes me feel like I'm a better musician when I keep to the click on a guitar because I'm not, I, I mean, I wouldn't state myself as a guitarist. I'm a drummer. Even more so, I should be able to stick to a click. Uh, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to have the rhythm down, man. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'd say I don't go for the broad kind of... And again, what we mean by the EQ stroke, you guys, uh, producers, you, you know what this is, but the cue of it is that the kind of the, the spike that you choose to take out 
And if you have a really, really fine EQQ stroke, it's going to take out less, but it's gonna, it makes a huge difference in the broader. It'd probably be easier if we actually showed you one time um, just yeah. in the kind of the spectrum EQ field. Fine EQ strokes for me at the moment, I, I've never really banded too much into broad strokes. Again, just use your ear as best you can and just trust your ear. Uh, I haven't got the best speakers in the world or monitors, sorry. So I need to upgrade on my monitors. So right now, everything I mix is through headphones. So again, it just wraps around your head like nothing else. And yeah, what can you do? But yeah, definitely fine EQ strokes for me yeah. for the time being. It might change in the future, but who knows? Do you find sometimes that you will, you might not because you're saying that you mix mostly on your headphones. What I'll do is I'll switch between my Yamaha HS7s and my Audio-Technica headphones here. And I'll hear like more like subtle frequencies that I don't like in my headphones, but I'll hear like a broader picture of what's going on in the mix on my monitors, if that makes sense. So for me, there is a difference and it's, it's like an interesting tool as well to switch between them for me. But yeah, that's just what I've kind of came up with experience-wise, I guess, over time. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm just recording stuff in in my home little setup here, so not in a treated room or anything. One day I hope to have a completely treated One room. One day, I know. But we'll I've see. Got, I guess, like, um, I'm kind of the same. Like, there's, there's frequencies in here that um, monitor-wise, like, definitely do kind of come through. But once you start to learn your room as well, you kind of, you kind of already start to mentally compensate for that, I feel. But... But yeah, like ideally we'd all be in this absolutely incredible studio exactly. with this massive desk that I probably couldn't use because it's too complicated for me and I'd still <laughs> just stick to my door. But yeah. <laughs> me too, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an in-the-box kind of guy. But, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get guests on this podcast and they'll tell us all about the fun nature of a a full mixing desk and outboard yeah, gear and all totally. that kind of fun stuff. Totally I love keen learning. for that, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. This is our first run through of the Songwriters Lounge podcast. We want to hear all your thoughts, questions, so make sure you subscribe, like, follow all of our channels, comment any questions below. We'd love to hear your tracks with some track feedback in next week's episode, so be sure to, to drop some some thumbs up and some comments below. We'll reach out, reach out to us, DM us, whatever. Uh, I'm Tom. And I'm Andy. We'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. Bye.